0: dropped and it's showtime from downtown
1: Winnipeg a shot they score Trankley Connor scores what a stop by Halibut Nikolai Ehlers
2: up the faceoff
3: Ground Control the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets hosted by Jets TV
1: Oh, I love the sound of that intro. I don't know about you guys uh, on the podcast here, but uh, that's a great intro. Well done, Daniel Moss, our fearless producer. Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. You're joined here by your host, Tyler Escavel, alongside with Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton and 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas. Another great episode for you this week. Lots to talk about, clearly. Uh, I'll give you the quick rundown here, as we always do. We'll talk about the week that was, uh, Dylan Sandberg and Declan Chisholm. They both made their NHL debuts against the Detroit Red Wings. We'll chat about that. Blake Wheeler has returned to the Winnipeg Jets realm, and he is back practicing with his sights set on returning to the lineup at some point during this four-game road trip. Not quite sure when that'll be. Cole Perfetti, he got his first NHL goal on Tuesday against the Washington Capitals. Uh, Our guests Dylan Sandberg chats for five minutes uh, just prior to practice in Nashville. And then uh, Mitch had the great opportunity to join a zoom call with Olympian Nathan Smith. Uh, Nathan was drafted in the 2018 draft in the third round by the Winnipeg Jets. He currently plays at Minnesota state uh, and he'll be going to the Olympics with the U S obviously with the NHL, not participating. And then uh, we'll close things out with just some thoughts on Nathan Smith and looking at the week ahead as the Jets uh, continue a four-game road trip here. Uh, But guys, a couple housekeeping things to keep in mind here. Uh, The schedule. They have announced the games that have been postponed and when they will be played. Obviously, the big gap in the schedule in February with the potential for the Olympics, that's not happening. So I'll just give everybody a quick rundown. Uh, Tuesday, February 8th, uh, the Winnipeg Jets host the Minnesota Wild uh, Friday and Saturday, the 11th and 12th. Uh, they'll head out on the road uh, for a Dallas and Nashville double. Uh, and then on the 14th, 16th, 17th, and 19th, that's a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, four straight home games. Got the Chicago Blackhawks, Minnesota Wild again, Seattle Kraken, and the Edmonton Oilers. And then the other one that was postponed was the Calgary flames road game that has been moved to the 21st at 3 p.m. That's a Monday at 3 p.m. I believe that's Luriel day uh, for Manitoba. Uh, So that's now a four game road trip instead of a three game road trip. So I think I got all that right. If I think Uh, tickets, obviously that's still up in the air with the local COVID uh, protocols, but uh, be sure to check your emails and the jets social media feed uh, for any updates on that. If tickets are available. Oh, okay that was a long intro all right guys uh nicely done uh, yeah thanks. oh hey yeah
3: we, we're here yeah yeah
1: <laughs> oh hey <laughs> <laughs> talk uh, about mitchell. stealing the spotlight tyler <laughs> yes uh apparently uh we can review mitchell uh, a great three nothing win over the detroit red wings and then uh a tough one against the washington capitals but uh, a good effort nonetheless i mean just uh take us through the week that was
3: well, I think the first thing that jumps out to me is uh, when you talk about the Detroit game was, I mean, obviously there was the the Dylan Sandberg and uh, Declan Chisholm NHL debuts, but I mean, the Michigan products, you know, maybe they weren't a, a massive storyline coming in because of those debuts and you're unsure what the lineup was going to look like, but they made sure by the end of the night that they were the storyline, um, you know, Andrew Cobb scoring twice, two beauties. That first one, I still, I've watched that replay I want to say at least 10 times and every time I think I see a deflection in one spot the next time I watch it I don't see it so like physics would tell you that you can't directly score from below the goal line unless you curve the thing but man I I still don't know how that first one went in Um, just an incredible shot from Andrew Cobb and then he followed that up with his second of the night Kyle Connor gets the empty netter to hit the 20-goal mark, became the eighth player in the NHL to reach that this season. And then Connor Halibach, you know, his second shutout of the season uh, was just real solid when the Winnipeg Jets needed him. So that was a nice uh, win. It was just a one-off road trip. But uh, obviously for those three guys, you know, to, to go back to Michigan, it had been, I think, just over two years since the, the Jets had played in Detroit. So just a real nice uh, win for them. And then, you know, you have another run of practice time. And you head out on the road, like you mentioned, you have the overtime loss to the Washington Capitals. The Jets came out guns a-blazing up 2 nothing just over two minutes in. Kyle Connor once again uh, scoring there. And then Cole Perfetti gets his first NHL goal. And I think that was something that, uh, you know, I don't think it, it was necessarily weighing on him or anything, but it was probably nice to, number one, have it happen. Um, and then before the game, he had also talked about, you know, playing against Alex Ovechkin. He said he was more of a Sidney Crosby guy, but still, I mean, Massive respect, obviously, for the kind of career and season, even if you want to take it to that level that uh, Alex Ovechkin's been having. So um, it was cool just to hear him kind of have the moment on the bench with Pierre-Luc Dubois and be like, I can't believe I just scored in the National Hockey League. That was really cool. Um, But yeah, ultimately, you, you lose the game uh, in overtime. You, you get a point. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois getting the big equalizer just over a minute to go. But the tough part was losing Nikolai Ehlers, um and he won't play the rest of this road trip uh, because that uh, hit from Dmitry Orlov still nothing from uh, player player's safety on that one, but uh, Orlov did have a hearing. So uh, tough for the Winnipeg Jets.
1: You just hope for a speedy recovery for Ehlers. Uh Just one quick thing before we get into our next topic, uh, the Ottawa game, that was the one game I did forget to mention that one has been moved all the way to March 24th. Uh, and that uh, creates a back-to-back situation. The Jets hosting the blue jackets, uh, and that game, no one's going to want to watch at all. I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> Ever. Why? <laughs> yeah. Blue Jackets. Super. Don't weird. bother
0: buying tickets. So. Yeah. Oh, well, don't. No, please do. Oh, wait. Play, um, actually, wait a second. <laughs> let me refrain from that. Take that, strike that from the record. Please <laughs> buy tickets for the Columbus Blue Jacket
1: game. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So Declan Chisholm and Dylan Sandberg. Uh, like Mitch mentioned, uh, both made their NHL debuts against the Detroit Red Wings. Sandberg with 17 minutes and 52 seconds, logging a, a solid three minutes and 51 seconds on the penalty kill, mm-hmm. which was only nine seconds shy of the team lead. And then uh, Declan was 13 minutes and 44 seconds, four shots on goal. Sandberg also had an assist. Uh, Jamie, your thoughts on their debuts?
0: Well, I, I think you you certainly start with Dylan Sandberg because I think a lot of people have been waiting to see his NHL debut and uh what I mean maybe his path was blocked the National Hockey League clearly by the additions of Brennan Dillon and Nate Schmidt in the offseason so you're wondering when that opportunity is going to present itself so in a unique year like this one of course it happens with COVID and Omicron running through the National Hockey League so for him to log that many minutes on the penalty kill clearly States to, or you come from the coaching staff, the trust that they have in him and his development in professional hockey down in the Manitoba Moose. And now with this opportunity that was presented to himself, I was really impressed. With the fact that he blocked five shots, uh, really impressed with how he handled himself. Uh, certainly had a, a great effort to the following night, uh, or the following game against the Washington Capitals, but over to Declan Chisholm, a fifth round pick, you know, we always knew that he had the offensive ability uh, to play in the National Hockey League, well, the question was about, about his skating and about his defensive aspect of his game. But man, what an improvement for Declan Chisholm over his couple of years in the American Hockey League or a year and a half in the American Hockey League with the Manitoba Moose. So he did not. I thought I was watching him the most because I was not so much concerned, but curious to see how he would handle the, the stress of playing the National Hockey League. And he it, nothing looked too big for him. And I recall a time where it looked like he was going to take off in the offensive zone and then took a chase after a loose puck in the in the Red Wing zone. He stopped, went back and retreated. I thought his defensive game was was excellent as well. So all in all, I think the defensive depth in this organization is probably the strongest it's ever been. Um, I think that's that's fair to say. And at this point, it's been a long time and log building process from when the Jets came Uh, Back to Winnipeg 11 years ago, given what they were given from the Atlanta Thrash organization. So I think the organization should be applauded for what they've done and the Manitoba Moose coaching staff for how they brought these guys along. So uh, a tremendous, tremendous uh, debut by both Declan Chisholm and Dylan Sandberg.
1: Mitchell, Blake Wheeler has graced us with his presence uh here on the road trip uh he's been away from the team clearly uh dealing with the lower body injury he's sustained back on december 10th and kind of the funny thing and certainly the way things have worked out is this is an injury where he was gonna miss a, a large chunk of time but with the way the postponements happened He's only missed seven games. So it, it, it's obviously very strange, but just uh, your thoughts on what you've seen from Blake, even though it's just been a few practices. Uh, he held his first media availability since uh, before the injury on Wednesday, uh, had some great things to say, he said he's feeling good and just thankful that this one wasn't as serious as he initially thought.
3: Yeah. And those are probably the two big things. Number one, that he's feeling good um, because that that type of injury can be just so scary. And he was talking about how he could see it coming, you know, um, just with the way that the bodies of, I believe it was Nathan Beaulieu and Vasily Podkoles and were kind of sliding towards him. And then he just kind of knew that, you know, just where he was, there was no way to get out of the way. And yeah, just unfortunate. And, and as soon as you saw like Blake Wheeler get up the way that he did and uh, make his way off the ice, you knew something was up. There's just not a guy that is down um, when he doesn't need to be kind of thing. I remember him talking before his 1000th NHL game. That was something early on that he learned. I think he, I think he said he laid on the ice once and his dad was just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, good to see him back. Obviously. Um, I think he was really honest with the assessment of where he's at. Said he still wants to check a few more boxes. You know, he wants to get into the lineup, like said, it's unlikely he'll play against the Nashville Predators but you know, he's trying to get in uh, whenever he can. I'm, you know, obviously a guy that spent some time with the Boston Bruins. He'd love to play there on this road trip. I'm sure after not being in Boston for a while, um, so I think he'll do whatever he can to get into the lineup, but at the same time, this isn't a guy that wants to come back in the lineup and play one or two games and you know, re-aggravate something. He's gonna do everything he can to make sure he's with the Winnipeg Jets for the long haul. You you went over the schedule a little bit earlier, uh, and what it's gonna look like for the month of February, especially for the Winnipeg Jets, and it's gonna be busy. So, you know, if you can have your captain at full go um, that's going to be a massive get. And yeah, like, you know, if you're looking for silver linings, it's the fact that, yeah, he's, you know, really only missed seven or eight games when it looked like, I think I counted it up. It was going to be 17 at this point, he would have already missed. Um, so clearly, uh, the opportunity to get Blake Wheeler back in the lineup when it does happen, especially since we, we also don't know the extent of Nikolai Ehlers' injury who won't play the rest of the road trip. You know, if, if Wheeler's able to step in, That's going to be extremely
1: helpful for Winnipeg. Jamie Cole Perfetti, uh, the 10th overall pick in the 2020 draft, got his first NHL goal on Wednesday night, or sorry, Tuesday night in Washington. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a great two on one play. Uh, You know, he's had a a bigger opportunity ahead of him these last two games, playing on the line with Pierre Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor, uh, seeing an uptick in time on ice, shifts, all that good stuff. Uh, registered three shots on Tuesday. What have you seen from the young kid that's allowed him to s- have some success with those two? And really, those are two heck, heck of hockey players to yes. be put with right now. So uh, uh, quite the opportunity for the young guy.
0: Right, and I I, w- I think what we've seen from Cole Profetti from even the beginning part of the year, and he admitted to such being nervous, which is natural in his first two games in the National Hockey League, a little tentative to, I thought, when he first got paired with those two players or matched up with those two, but then started to look more and more comfortable. And even Pierre-Luc Dubois, we spoke with him in the intermission uh, yesterday, or sorry, in Washington and Pierre-Luc Dubois missed a pass from, Cole, or had a, got a pass from Cole Perfetti, had a great chance in tight in Detroit, didn't score. So he had said to Cole that he owed him one. So of course he finds Cole Perfetti on a beautiful feed and Perfetti has a tremendous shot and used it and uh the best part of that was guys is he had a chance about two minutes earlier in tight in washington missed out on that and you can see a little bit of frustration on his face but he delivers beautiful shot and to get that out of the way uh says so much about the youngster and he's looking like all these kids now they're so nhl ready and so used to this pressure that they've uh, had throughout their lives and playing high level of hockey they just get better and better every game, and that's what I've seen from Cole Perfetti, and he's starting to look more comfortable both ends of the ice too, right? So there's it's playing that 200-foot game, and he doesn't look out of place now to me in just uh, the last couple of games playing with those two players, and that says a lot about him. Also says a lot about Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois helping
1: elevate his game to play in the top six. Dylan Sandberg is our guest this week. I had the chance to chat with him prior to the practice in Nashville. Uh, enjoy our quick conversation. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com
3: are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at
1: TrueNorthShop.com.
4: Hi, this is Dylan Sandberg, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Joined here on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, by Jets defenseman Dylan Sandberg. It must feel good to hear that Jets defenseman part.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it's a special moment for uh, for me and, you know, getting this opportunity and I'm looking forward to, to make the most of it.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that first NHL game in Detroit. Just what was the feeling like going into that day now that you've
4: had some time to process those emotions? Um, you know, it was obviously a, a special moment and, you know, something you look forward to your whole life and, you know... Uh, I was just really happy that my parents were uh, able to to uh, to fly out and, and make the trip, and you know that made it a a lot more special moment. But uh, you know, I was just just trying to have fun with it, and you know, kind of take everything as it is. And um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be uh, with with Pionk, and you know, he was a good defenseman, so he helped me a lot. Yeah, take me through the process of, of getting your parents down to Detroit. So, like, how quick was that turnaround? Um. Fortunate enough, I was I was able to find out uh, the night before, so you know I I let uh, let them know, and you know they got on the early flight in the morning, 5:30 a.m. So they made it in in enough time, and you know I was uh, I was able to see them a little bit before the game, and uh, you know talk with them, and you know they were they're as happy as I was, and you know um, it was just uh, it was just a really special moment. You can't really uh, put that into words.
1: Did seeing them, you know, a lot of guys in the last few years haven't had that able to have that moment did having that time with them before and probably after just sort of make the the night more special but also just like kind of calm the nerves a little bit
4: absolutely you know uh you know we said a lot of conversations about uh you know where i where i started with hockey and I talked about hockey throughout the years and um you know that that was able to help me uh calm my nerves a little bit and you know um I talked to a bunch of coach bunch of the coaches and they were saying you know just go out there and have fun with it you know this is a, a once in a lifetime moment, so. uh I just go out there and enjoy it and make the most of it.
1: What was it like to be partnered with Neil Pionk? Obviously, you guys are from the same uh, home area. Just uh, what was that experience like to do with him?
4: Oh, it was awesome. You know, I uh, I grew up with a few of his brothers, you know, played hockey. I, I never ran into Neil in uh, high school or college, but, you know, we, t- we took uh, pretty much the same path and, you know, to be able to uh, be from the same same hometown and uh, play in a defensive pairing in the, in the NHL is pretty, pretty special and, you know... Um, i was fortunate enough to train with him over the past couple of years so you know i uh i got to know him pretty well and you know he, he's helped me out a lot
1: what's it been like to sort of be ingrained with this group over the last week or so just kind of getting comfortable and just how have the guys been to make you feel welcome
4: oh guys have been great you know um you know it's a great team here uh everyone's pulling for each other and um you know there's there's a lot of support especially in, on the back end guys are guys are constantly talking you know helping you out if you need if you need anything and um you know, it's just really special, and I, I can't thank them enough.
1: How valuable has the experience been in the American League to sort of get you ready for this opportunity?
4: Um, you know, it's been it's been very helpful. You know, with uh, developing into my in my pro game, and uh, you know, learning that pro game, and um, coaches down there have been great with me. You know, um, and really helping me just you know watch clips or whatever I need to do. And um, you know, last year was kind of an unfortunate time where we only were allowed to play the same team about uh five times in a row but uh yeah. it was it was still good to you know learn that game and um i was fortunate enough last year to get a get some time with the taxi squad so get a little uh, taste of what it's like up here you've had two games
1: now under your belt just how do you summarize like how you've played played the
4: the last few games um you know i thought i played played good played solid you know just trying to keep everything simple keep everything in front of me and um you know get to pucks quick move them quick you know don't let anybody get around you and um you know just try not to do anything uh, out of the ordinary so as a
1: defenseman, you know off- offense isn 't necessarily first thing on your mind, but you were able to get that first NHL point. just kind of what was that like to know that you got on the score sheet right away
4: <laughs> it was it was pretty cool you know uh, you know you don 't really, really expect that, especially not in your uh, in your debut, but um, you know it was a fortunate bounce that uh, I was thankful for and Cop put it in the back of the net.
1: you and Cole Perfetti have come up. Did you have to give him some uh, did so you have to grind him at all? Just because he, uh, you got your first point before he did.
4: Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was giving it to me, and um, you know, it was, it, we had a good, good relationship, and you know, we live uh, together back, back home in Winnipeg. But uh, you know, I was happy to see him last night get his first yeah. goal. You know, that was, that was an awesome moment for him. He was super excited, and um, that's a great family, and, uh, and I'm happy for him. Tuesday night in
1: Washington you picked Alex Ovechkin's pocket as he's coming down the wing is that something you'll kind of never forget?
4: Uh, absolutely yeah, it's uh <laughs> that was pretty cool but um same time that was uh, I, I uh, turned the puck over there on the wall so I figured I had to get back and you know uh, make a play. A lot of you guys are up here due to the COVID situation with the team just how do you approach the next handful of weeks where you don't really know what's going to happen? <clears throat> um at this point just kind of taking it day by day you know um the whole COVID situation going on. It's, it's crazy. And, and, uh, from one day to another, a lot, a lot can change. So, you know, you just got to be ready for it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dylan. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Winnipeg Jets fans, did you know that online 50-50 tickets presented by PlayNow.com are available for all Winnipeg Jets games? That's right, whether the Jets play on the road or at home, you can
1: participate in the game day 50-50 draw.
0: The winner will take home half of the jackpot with all proceeds in support of the True North Youth Foundation. Remember to buy your tickets on all Jets game days at WinnipegJets.com slash 50-50.
1: Thanks for listening to ground control. We always appreciate you tuning in every single week. All right. Up next, uh, Nathan Smith, uh, Mitchell Clinton had a chance to join the zoom call uh, with him, the uh, Minnesota state product as he'll play for the U S Olympic team in Beijing next month, a fantastic opportunity for the young player. So uh, here's a bit of that conversation.
3: Thank you very much. And uh, congrats, uh, Nathan, obviously that's the person to get away. I'm just curious, uh, how you found out who you got the phone call from and when they're kind of talking to you and telling you that you're an Olympian do you almost have to kind of check yourself a little bit and try to like actually listen to what they're saying instead of just getting extremely excited that I imagine you were
2: yeah definitely I uh, kind of take a step back and you know take a deep breath real quick Um and even then I didn't know I didn't really know what to say uh, I had seen some predictions when I was back home for break uh, I was in North Carolina I think when I I think I was there yeah when I first saw like one of the prediction uh, rosters and it wasn't until I got back to Mankato here um, when coach had talked to me and he said hey you know I'm gonna be or I'm most likely gonna be an assistant coach uh, for the Olympic team and you know you're under heavy consideration for that and so I was like you know okay that's you know that's cool whatever you know um, but I didn't I didn't really think I was like you know I'm considered but Uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good players in this country and you know even playing pro uh, in other countries too so I was just you know I didn't want to get too high I didn't want to get too excited about it then but uh, you know I got a call a few days after that from uh, the GM and he just invited me to play for the team and like like you said you know I had to take a step back and just kind of gather myself really quick and after that I just kind of called my parents both my, my dad first and uh, he didn't know what to say either. He was just kind of shocked, just super excited for me and really proud. Uh, and then my mom, I called her right after that and she, I could hear her crying over the phone. So they were both pretty excited for me.
4: You mentioned about how, you know, not having much ice in Florida and a lot of kids who grow up playing hockey in Florida eventually have to go north, right? To, to play to play hockey and,
3: and get that developed. You know, you played in the high school league and dominated in it. obviously played youth hockey and Scorpions, but like what was it that helped you develop, throughout maybe, you know, it not being the the the, the development not being there? That, you know, a lot of other guys go go north. What what helped you develop in that way?
2: Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I would say my roots being in roller hockey. I just I think that would, the game that I play, just having good vision and being creative on the ice, and uh, just kind of being confident in the way I play, um, mixed with uh, I was always in the weight room, and I think that kind of separates a lot of kids from from the others. And, um, I mean, for kids back home in Tampa, uh, if, you know, if you have any – or if you want any invite, advice, I mean, I would say that's it. And getting in the weight room and just working hard every day. I mean, I work out four to five times a week. Um, and like I said, I think that was one of the biggest things that set me apart from other people.
3: Yeah, just uh, one more from me. Uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, Mike Hastings kind of gave you the, the heads up that you were under consideration. Just curious, you know, with him being on the staff and obviously, you know, uh, being on the roster. Um, I mean, going to an Olympics, I can imagine would be an overwhelming experience, but uh, what's it going to be like, if you think, to, to have him there? Just a, a familiar face, if you will, even though I know there's a bunch of NCAA guys going, but just someone from your own staff, your own team uh, from back home to be there as well.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really nice, uh, especially going to somewhere so far away, uh, like China. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously, I've never been there. Um, I'm not sure he has either, so uh, it'll be a new thing for both of us. And uh, he he's pretty good friends with Coach Quinn. And so uh, I think, you know, just having him there and then me being there, our the relationship, I'm hoping, uh, you know, we'll be able to kind of lean on each other a little bit here and there just to kind of uh, help each other with, being comfortable. And, um, I also know a couple of the players I've played with, uh, Mark McLaughlin and Cedar Rapids. Um, and I've played with Sam Henches and Nick Purbix, uh, back in the world junior A challenge. So there's a couple familiar faces that I'm, uh, that I'm going to be there with before hockey. I just want to be a good person. I mean, regardless if I'm playing any sports, I think it's, uh, one of the main things that I was taught growing up is just be a good person and you, you know, good things will happen to you in return. And, uh, that's just try That's just what I try and focus on every day. Just being a good person and being a good teammate. Um, if I have to go out of my way to do something for someone, I will. Um, and you know, that's just what I was taught by my parents growing up.
1: All right. Now that we've heard from Nathan, uh, Mitchell, you had a chance to join the call, like we mentioned earlier, uh, just what were your thoughts on the way he handled the situation, how he's approaching it and, and the season that he's been having? And yeah, that's just it. The the season that he's
3: been having, I think it's a continuation, honestly, from you go back to the NCAA tournament last year, um, when Minnesota state got all the way to the frozen four, um, ultimately losing there, but Nathan Smith scored four goals in three games and was, a uh, just part of the NCAA tournament all-star team. Like he's just kind of carried that right into this season and is, you know, in and among the league leaders of, in the NCAA in points, um, just a guy that really seems to has to have found, uh, and just continued to develop the, the game that has made him, uh, such a really good center at that level. So, um, it was just, it was cool to get his perspective on things, you know, like, um, their, uh, head coach in Minnesota state, Mike Hastings is going to be an assistant coach with the U S so Hastings actually a couple days before kind of was like, Hey, it's, it's probably going to be announced. In a little bit, or he believed he was going to be part of the assistant, uh, the coaching staff and just said, like, from what I know, you're under some heavy consideration here. And you know, for Nathan to be like, you know, wow, you know, th- like that would be great. Uh, but I, he said, he was just thinking of all the great American players that are even playing pro overseas or, or whatever, you know, like there's just so many great players in the U S that he was just like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens and for it to ultimately come together for him. Uh, they're gonna be a young group, um, a lot of NCAA players on that team, but just an exciting opportunity uh, for a guy like Nathan Smith and you know he's gonna embrace it, I'm sure. Um, I thought it was really revealing that he you know, took the phone call from uh, I believe John van Beesbrook is the, the GM of the, the u s team there and he said he had to kind of catch himself because he was like, yeah, you're taking in the news, but at the same time, you're trying to listen to what like your schedule is going to look like in the next couple of weeks and all that. you And he said, he called his parents. His dad was obviously super proud. His mom, uh, he's like, I could hear her crying on the phone. So, I mean, you know, just a great moment for that, uh, that family and a guy that, you know, has grown up in that kind of Tampa area of, of Florida. And I was looking back and he was the first Tampa, I got to get this stat right. Tampa born, and graduated from a local high school to be drafted into
1: the national hockey league. So that's quite something for him. Who's the other Tampa person that clearly had to yeah, create a distinction <laughs> for the local high school part of that staff.
3: I'm not sure. I, I just remember I was looking at it cause somebody had asked a call, asked the, that type of question in the call. And I, looked up exactly what the stat was and i was just like that uh, it's a mouthful but it feels like there's a reason that that clarification has to be there but uh big congrats obviously to to nathan smith for this uh honor
1: Jamie, uh a large week is upon the winnipeg jets uh the four-game road trip is the task at hand uh the first game obviously a 4-3 ot loss to the washington Capitals. so i mean you get a point in washington i i think you're happy if you look at The schedule at the start of the year and you say you're going to get at least a point out of Washington. Okay, not Mm -hmm. not the worst thing in the world. But now it's a divisional matchup against the Nashville Predators and then a weekend set in Boston and Pittsburgh. A couple of afternoon games. Can't say I'm upset about those. Love the afternoon (laughs) games. I know you guys do, too. Um, Just tell me about this week for the Jets, what type of opponents they'll be facing. Obviously, these are all teams that are firing on all cylinders right now yeah no kidding i i think honestly out of
0: the four teams in this road trip clearly nashville predators are the biggest surprise of this group i, I mean nashville you know always kind of amongst the playoff teams in, in the central division but to at one point they were leading the central and uc saros has Welcome the opportunity. I know he had it last year and ran with it to the starting goaltender position for the Nashville Predators. He's been outstanding. So I think they've been the surprise. They lost to Vancouver last night on home ice, so they'll be ready to go. And, of course, lost to the Winnipeg Jets in their only visit to Winnipeg this year, earlier this season. Boston, for whatever reason, guys, I think these are the games I look forward to the most. It just seems to bring out something in the Jets. doesn't matter who the team is, who's on the team. These games are some of the best, most highly physical offensive games that I've seen since I've covered this team always seem to get each under each each other's skin probably the style of game that they play Blake Wheeler probably loves clear as Mitch said to get into these games and he's had some of his best ones against the Boston Bruins so and then to follow it up with the Pittsburgh Penguins I mean what else can be said about this organization every time it looks like they're going to be reloading or the conversation starts when are they going to Move on from Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I just think, even though with a new general manager Ron Hextall, how about never? Um, as long as these two are around, they keep winning. And Evgeny Malkin just returned to the lineup, so he's starting to. He looks exactly. He's not out of place, and it's hard to believe as as good as these two teams have been playing. They're in the first and second wild card spots in the Eastern Conference because of how highly competitive and how good the teams are in the upper echelon part of the Eastern conference. So it is a challenging road trip to say the least, but I just, I think the jets have already jumped the occasion against Washington. I thought they played a very well-rounded game against the capitals. And I think their, their game is in the right place. The style that they're playing right now and the defensive style they're playing right now is, is at a good point where they can play highly competitive teams like the national predators, Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins.
1: I mean, let's not forget, too, the Winnipeg Jets crack a couple bars in that Washington game, a couple yeah. of fluky wraparound goals yeah. that you probably wouldn't see normally get past Connor Hellebuck. That happens. That's hockey. Yeah. Um. All right. That just about does it for the podcast. I uh, hope everybody's having a great week so far. Uh, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing forward and we're going to enjoy some Winnipeg Jets hockey. And then we're going to get to play some home games. And I know we won't have any fans in the stands or it'll be minimal. (laughs) I'm not sure what's going on yet. Your local ticket reps will be in contact with you. Stay tuned to our social media channels. Nonetheless, the Winnipeg Jets on the ice at Canada Life Center next week. That will happen. We can guarantee that. All right, this has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks so much for listening to myself, Tyler Escobel, Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton, and 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas. Have yourself a great week, everybody, and go, Jets. Go. This has been Ground Control, the official
3: podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.